On today's podcast, I had my good friend and coach at Future Flipper, Alex Camacho on, and he spit a lot of game for us. He talked about what it's like living in Hawaii and still investing in California. He also talked about what it's like paying your dues, having to go through the process of building your own company. We also talked about what it's like with a community and having others to build you up and encourage you. And you don't want to miss out because I actually got on him and gave him uh, some advice later on in the, the episode about what he needs to do in his business. So it was a really good episode. Now let's jump into it. Are you thinking about buying a home in Las Vegas? My brokerage Forever Home Realty can help. We're seeing a huge influx of people all over the country purchase here. Many are fleeing California and other high tax states to move here where it's much more affordable and tax friendly. Whether you're thinking about buying a primary residence or an investment property, Forever Home Realty can help. Go to ryanpineda.com slash Vegas to get a free consultation from one of our agents. Once again, that's ryanpineda.com slash Vegas. One of the hardest parts about real estate investing is finding a good contractor. That's where Southwestern Custom Construction comes in. They've been doing remodels in Nevada and Arizona since 2006. As a fully licensed and bonded general contractor, they're able to help with any type of renovation all the way from an entry-level fixer-upper to a custom luxury home. Southwestern Custom Construction specializes in working with investors. I've personally used them on many of my projects, so I know their team is legit. If you want to get a bid on a project, head over to customhomenow.com. Once again, that's customhomenow.com. Welcome to The Ryan Pineda Show. Where our mission is to invest. I only expect to make money in things that I understand. Innovate. It's about believing in the future and thinking that the future will be better than the past. And inspire. I am much more likely to hit my goal just due to putting it out there. You're now rocking with the best. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Ryan Pineda Show. Today, I have got Alex Camacho on, who is... One of my good buddies who I met just a couple of years ago, which we'll talk about. Um, he's also a coach at Future Flipper. But one of the coolest things he does is that he lives in Maui and yet is flipping at a high level in California. So I'm excited to dive into all these things. What's up, dude? What's up? What's up, Ryan? Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you uh, talk to you on your podcast and share anything I can that could benefit uh, the listeners. Yeah, man. So I'm excited that you're here. Um, you weren't here too long ago. Like what, a week ago? Yeah, came for the mastermind. Quarter yeah, two. We were here at the mastermind, and then uh, where'd you go after that? Um, well, I actually, ended up um, going to Mexico. Yeah, for a little bit of time. So this is yeah. the thing that I love about Alex is that he is the definition of like the lifestyle entrepreneur, and it's tough to do, man, especially in real estate because it's so you know hands on with these houses in different areas. It's not like you're just wholesaling; you're like you're flipping houses, you know. So when I see you in Maui living there and flipping in, you know, LA, and then I see you in Mexico and then you're here in Vegas and then you're like the world traveler. You're like the most interesting guy to, to follow, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. So why don't you, uh, give us a little rundown, dude, of like how you've got to where you're at and, uh, you know, we can talk about it from there. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I first got, I, I guess, into the financial field back, uh, when I got into banking um, right out of high school, and I, I kind of fell in love with it. None of my family members, anybody that I had, you know, uh, known had been in that field, and so I, I thought I was going to be a banker for life. Was in there for about five years, and then I came across the mortgage business. Um, ended up going over and working for a subprime lender before the market crashed um, back in two thousand and I guess eight nine two thousand eight. 
Um, and then once uh, the market crashed, because I was in the mortgage business, pretty much kind of lost it all. Um, so I had a really uh, fast ascent and then um, just pretty much lost it all during that time. And then that's when I came across uh, being a realtor. So I came across the real estate side of things. And um, once I became an agent and started doing a bunch of short sales, I started seeing these flippers making a lot of money in L.A. I was like, uh, wait a minute. I think I'm on the wrong side of this transaction here. Like I'm making 15 grand. These guys are making 100 grand. Right. Um, so that's really where I got the bug of like, you know, wanting to work in real estate investing. Uh, but I didn't do anything for a couple of years. I kind of just sat, you know, sat on the idea, started working on some Airbnb arbitrage, you know, kind of just uh, bringing out units in Hollywood and then, you know, making a you know, spread on, on those units. And um, that was cool. But I could tell that it had a short lifespan because, um, you know, I didn't own the real estate. I was just renting, you know, units and then, re, you know, subleasing them on Airbnb. And then I also did some property management during that time. But um, I always had the back of my mind like, hey, man, I think I could be a really good house flipper. And so um, back in 2017, it's been a little bit more than four years now, is when I jumped in full time. Yeah. I found a mentor. I found somebody to go work for, entry level position, worked for him for a close to a year, got the proof of concept, you know, learned, you know, he was flipping about 20, 30 houses annually, um, kind of basically doing what I wanted to do. Um, and then I worked for him for about a year, um, got him a little bit over a dozen deals that first year. Uh, and then I ended up getting recruited by a much bigger company. This company was like, I mean, like a flip factory. They were flipping like 150, 200 houses a year in Southern California. So um, got to learn a lot more for them with them. I worked for them for about a year and a half. Um, again, just paying my dues, learning the business from the inside out, all the nuts and bolts. Um, and then after about two and a half years, what I like to call my apprenticeship phase or the time where I was paying my dues and learning the business, um, I went off on my own. So about the time that I met you uh, at that um, Maui Mastermind about two years ago. Now uh, it's been about two years on my own with my own company, uh, made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but now this last year or so, you know, a lot has to do with being in the you know future flipper coaching program and, and being around other people that have made all the mistakes and um, doing, you know, stuff at a high volume. And now we're working on close to 10 transactions and I got, you know, pretty much a team of about a dozen people across two states and, um, you know, just kind of scaling from here. Yeah, yeah. man. No, I love it. You know, you, you hit on a bunch of things I want to talk about. Um, but but one thing I'll say is uh, when we first met, it was it was back in Maui for Brandon Turner's mastermind um, with Bigger Pockets, And I remember, you know, talking to you on the ship. I remember vividly, you know, you were telling me your story and uh, you're telling me about that phase of, you know, working for other people. And you just went out on your own and, you know, you got like a, your first couple of deals on your own and, you know, just how excited you were. Uh, doing that. And then, you know, just seeing your growth from there. Um, you know, maybe I think it was probably like a year later, you ended up uh, joining the coaching program with Future Flipper. And then after a year of that, I'm like, dude, we need to like make you a coach. You know, that's one thing we like to do is take, you know, the, the people we really like that have achieved a lot and, you know, have a lot of experience and turn them into coaches. But the reason I really like you as a coach is because one, you're like super motivating, you know, if it, make sure you guys follow him on Instagram and, and everything else, because he's putting out motivational stuff every single day. And I, I've talked to multiple students who have said, dude, I freaking love Alex as a coach because he's just always out there hyping us up, being positive, doing all that stuff. Um, but two, you're just always giving value. You know, you'll pick up the phone, you will put out, you know, valuable content on social media. And I think you have seen it firsthand, just like, man, the more you help people and give value, the more that it just keeps coming back to you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I enjoy uh, helping people get started. And because, you know, my story, like I waited three years, you know, from when I was, you know, I got the bug of thinking about doing real estate investing to actually doing it. So I like to push people, you know, and part of that's, you know, influencing them, right. Inspiring them, mentoring them and pushing them to take that action. Right. Because that is the number one thing you can do to like learn. I'm sure you could listen to podcasts like this and sure you could watch, you know, certain things and, but you're going to learn the most from taking action. Yeah. And then also right behind that being around people that um, have been in the trenches that, you know, you know, know this business and inside out. And that's why I did that. And I went to go work for it because I, I, I saw this business like, hey, I want to be in the long term. This is not like a get rich quick for me. Like, I had failed before. I saw like, hey, this could be a great long term career investing full time in real estate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just uh, the students in the, in the program, you attract a lot of like minded people to the program. And, um, you know, I, I see myself a little bit more of a senior student in there. So I uh, an obligation to like help the younger guys yep. um, to grow. <laughs> You're a senior citizen. In the- <laughs> I am. How old are you now? <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to say, but yeah, I just turned 40. <laughs> yeah, dude, you turned 40. Yeah, dude, yeah. you still look like a kid. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, I mean. You know, we've got, you're not the oldest for sure. I mean, we've got guys who are probably 50, 60, but uh, a lot of the people who join are like, you know, low 20s, you know, just getting started. And it is crazy to think we are kind of getting old compared to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but they, they inspire me and I feel like I could learn something from everybody. But um, it is something where, you know, we, they have a different mindset. And so we're, we're trying to help them out because we've kind of been through there. And, you know, yeah. when you're young, you're exuberant and you're like, yeah, yeah, I could conquer the world. Um, but you really got to be focused. You're like, dude, I've been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I think losing it all helped a lot because it humbled me to know that, Hey, you, you could lose you know, everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I never gave up on myself. I always felt like, Hey, I could, I didn't think it was gonna take this long to come back up, but yeah. Hey, better late than never. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Those early days, man. Um, you know, you start out as a loan officer, probably making a killing during subprime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you become a realtor. Like at what point? Did you lose it all? Was it just as a mortgage lender? That was when you lost. Yeah, it? yeah. I was in the mortgage business, and then I had a mortgage company uh, with my, um, my my twin brother, and so we were we were doing really well, um, each making you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but it was because all, a lot of it also had to do with the market, and it was easy to do loans. Yeah. Um, and then right when the market crashed, it it it, it, it changed so fast, it was almost impossible to adapt because you know lenders were going out of business every single like week. Um, and so, you know, our business model just evaporated literally within a couple of months. And then I didn't have the, as, uh, you know, a lot of, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have any real money management skills at that time. And so it, it was, it was, I, I couldn't see what I, I hadn't been through something like that before. So it was hard for me to make adjustments. Yeah. It yeah. was tough. And I, you know, most people haven't been through something like that. Um, and I've had a lot of people on the podcast who were in real estate during that time and who lost it all, had to restart. Like I would say the majority of people had to restart. I, I haven't interviewed many that were like, yeah, you know, I, I was able to get past it. Uh, you know, I got out just in time, you know, it was like everyone got wrecked. Yeah. And so, um, you know, watching that and then you, you come out of that, you decide, Hey, I want to be a realtor. Um, and then you realize, man, these investors are making some good money. Why do you think you waited so long, like after getting the bug to actually do it? I, a big part of it is because I didn't I start to get obsessed about it like I did when I finally decided to do it. Meaning like um, I didn't go research. I didn't go read any books. I just thought like, hey, that seems like a cool job. That looks like something that I could do. But I didn't 
dive deep into it, which I probably should have. And there wasn't, you know, bigger pockets and YouTube. There wasn't as much out there where you can go and you know, learn um, and maybe get some inspiration, some motivation to go and take action. So I think it was just a matter of like just not um, taking it seriously enough and then just waiting a couple of years. And again, that's why I always push the younger guys and gals to like just get started because even someone like myself that had had success in real estate investing and, or I'm sorry, real estate in general, um, and did know a lot and did have sales skills and other things. I still waited three years or so. Right. Um, so you, you just got to get started. And yeah. Then, yeah. I mean, dude, I was right there with you. Um, what year were you a realtor? Like, um, from like time? 2012 to like 2015. Yeah. yeah. So I became a realtor in 2010 and I just remember, right? Like, okay, I, I understand how to flip a house. Like I hadn't seen, all these other guys checks coming in. But like, I just knew I'm like, dude, you could make a lot of money doing this, but it took me five years to finally act on it. And yeah. it just similar to your story. It's like, why did we not start sooner? And I kind of in the same boat as you is like, dude, it, it's not like it is today where <laughs> you got guys like me on TikTok who will just ran, you know, somebody will probably randomly see my video and be like, Oh, flipping houses sounds kind of cool. Yep. Um, or watch a video and be like, oh, it's really a lot easier than I thought. But back then in 2010 and stuff, it wasn't like that. No. It no. was like kind of like there was a secret gatekeeper. Yeah, that, it was a lot more of like knew. those like the old boys club. Yeah, infomercials and like buy this course yeah. and then rack up your credit cards. There wasn't as, I mean, as much value or as much free content out there that there is now. Yeah, so no, for sure. for sure. So you end up uh, finally, though, after three years Jumping into it in a different way, which I haven't heard many people talk about, but I love that it's part of your story. Um, you just decide to go work for somebody. Most other people who've been on the show, they're like, all right, I'm just going to go do it and you know see what happens. But what made you, I guess, do that? Well, I read this book and I've talked about it before in uh, some of my webinars um, and uh, the other podcasts that I've done, which is I read this book called Mastery by Robert Greene. I'm a big fan of his uh, work. And in there, there was a chapter about just the importance of, of if you want to master something, to go, you know, apprentice under somebody. And I didn't want to go work for somebody, but I knew that this was a different field. Like, hey, there's a lot of money potential, but then you could also lose a lot of money. So um, I just thought, hey, why don't I just go work for somebody that is doing exactly what I want to do? That seemed to make sense. Um, I knew it was going to be a step backwards because I was going to be making probably a lot less than I normally would make. But then I would be in the game that like I really am passionate about that I know I can be good at, and and so I think that, um, a lot when we're sometimes it's like an ego thing like oh, I don't want to go work for somebody you know I, I got enough I can figure it out on my own um, I think that's just your ego talk and I think you know it's very important I, I still have mentors like you're my mentor I have other mentors that I, that I pay and whatnot because like I don't know it all and you could also always be growing so um, I just took that approach of like hey let me go work for this person I know I'm going to make them a ton of money and and that was difficult because I was making them a lot of money or my contribution to the company was helping them make a lot of money better said um but you know you just gotta put your ego in check and say hey this is um a long-term thing i'm gonna learn these skills i'm gonna learn this uh, experience i'm gonna have this knowledge and then i'm gonna be able to use that in the future but it's worthless if you don't end up using it for your own so i i knew that my goal was always to like eventually own my own real estate investment company yeah um so it was just like hey this is the process i have to go through yeah well i, I like how you said it at the beginning you're like hey i gotta pay my dues you know, and most people don't want to pay their dues. <laughs> and it, we talked about that mastermind, like, you know, the, the, the shirt, right? Dues paid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag dues paid. Exactly. <laughs> you, you've got to pay your dues, man. There's so many people that it's funny. Like I'll see, uh, 
who gave the oh it was Steve Trang who gave the presentation um about like the the Facebook group there was like a guy who was like hey I need help you know with something on like one of these real estate investing groups and uh he's like not willing to pay for a mentor or anything right and like <laughs> nobody responded and then just like it it's just so true it's like dude pay your dues however it is okay for you it was going to work under a guy you're going to learn the ropes you know you're going to make them a lot of money which you did but you paid your dues, you learned what you needed to learn, and then you went off on your own. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, other people, they start their own, they join a coaching program, they they do whatever, and that's how they learn, right? They just pay a mentor instead of working for them. You know, so it's like there's very few people that just watch, you know, a YouTube video and go figure it out on their own. Yep. I could probably count, you know, on less than two hands, like how many people I know that really started that route. Most yeah. people either work for somebody, they hired somebody, they bought a course, whatever. And it's funny because I um <laughs> I was I was talking to uh somebody, I forgot who it was, but um they were like, "Yeah, you know, I think I could uh just learn on YouTube and stuff. I I could what's to stop me from just watching your YouTubes and everything?" I'm like, "Dude, I mean, I feel like I I give a lot of value on YouTube, but there's only so much you can say on YouTube. There's nothing. The problem with YouTube is I can't like go in depth because you'll lose too many people. Right. You have to like keep it simple, keep it beginner, keep it entry level. But, um, the things that we really talk about that, you know, the problems that happen in this business, they just, YouTube is not a good place for them. Yeah. And I mean, when you really look at it to, to be really skilled at something, it takes years usually, not just a couple of months. And so if you want to earn hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, like to me, it just makes sense to go, you know, learn from people that are doing that or more. Right. Um, and I mean, there's no ego for that at all. To me, it's just like a matter of like, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, but maybe I didn't think like this, you know, when I was younger either. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. So you end up working for these guys, you know, you, you cut your teeth out there, you learn the ropes, you get deals, you know, you're doing your thing. Um, what made you finally feel like, hey, I'm ready to to go on my own? Well, um, I, I, it's always come back to the learning of this business. The first, um, you know, person that I work for, um, I felt like, you know, mentors are great and all, but sometimes it's in the context of the situation and you know, the position you're in. And you know, he just had me as an inside sales associate, and he, that's all he wanted me to be. And I felt like, hey, I, I'm, a lot, I've already kind of outgrown that position. I wanted more, and he wasn't, he didn't really want to provide more. So that's when I got kind of recruited. At the same time, I was looking for, you know, the work for the other bigger company. And then once I went, when I worked for them, they had a lot more processes in place. You know, they had like 40 employees, um, multiple project managers, you know, multiple, uh, I guess, people in the, you know, running the books, um, people with the, in the design part for some of the ones that were a little bit, you know, higher end. Uh, and so I got to see a lot more processes there. Um, I got to learn how to source deals consistently from the MLS because most people say, oh, you can't get deals from the MLS. But I, I mean, I've gotten probably like 50 deals from the MLS. Right. Um, so um, I just learned a lot more um, to structure there. and But it also came to a point where um, they just wanted me to be in a certain position. Like, hey, you know, you're kind of you're an acquisitions manager. This is your role. Like, stay in your lane. Um, and so I felt like I still had more growth, more learning and had saved up enough money because I'd been, you know, now grinding for two and a half years. So, um, I saved a couple hundred thousand dollars and I said, Hey, now I have the skills. Now I have the knowledge I have the contacts and I have the money to flip a couple of properties. That's pretty much where I said, Hey, you know, it's my time to leave. And I left on great terms. Um, and I 
still can wholesale to that company and I, you know, still maintain good contacts and friends with some of the people I work with there. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like, I had, I felt like it was time for me to leave because there was, I just couldn't grow anymore at that other second position either. Right. Um, right. Yeah. That's the tough part. Um, <laughs> there's a reason I don't really want to hire entrepreneurs because <laughs> they always want to like grow and go to the next level. Whereas, you know, with a company, it's like, dude, we need acquisitions managers. Right. So it's like, and you know, now as a business owner that, Hey, you know, this guy, we need him to, to get deals. Like I don't need him to do anything else, but get deals. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's the weird part about, uh, <laughs> when you hire an entrepreneur like yourself, it is tricky. And I think you've talked about this and I've seen this also with like Brandon Turner and all them where you just have to build a culture that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, they, they can't get anywhere else. Right. And, and then they're more likely to stay because I recognize the same thing. I have some, you know, I have a lot of eight players not working with me and, um, I want to retain them, but I do understand that, hey, they might want to move on someday. Um, but I also look at it from the standpoint of, hey, if I have this A player that works with me for, like, say, 18 months, they're probably going to make my business better in those 18 months. And yeah. they're probably going to become a better person. And, and also, I'm not going to just, you know, put them in that position like they I was put in there. I'm like, hey, I want people to grow. Now, to a certain point, right, um, some people want to go be the man and be, you know, run the show and whatnot. But not everybody does want to do that and, and hold that pressure and all, all of, you know, accountability and everything comes from being, you know, the leader, you know, of, of the organization. So, um, but yeah, it, it's tough because you, you hire people that eventually want to become financially free. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to want a job forever. Right. <laughs> so that is a trick, a tricky part of it. Yeah. I, I think what you said with culture is so key. Um, I, you know, for me, I, we have not really had any employees that are like, oh man, I want to go do my own thing and whatever. Like the majority of them, see what it takes to do it at a high level. And they're like, yeah, I'd rather just do it here. And then, you know, doing it here also has no risk, right? You're not putting your own money on the line and taking on loans and, yep. you know, yep. doing all the stuff yourself. Um, also too, I think with how much we spend on marketing and overhead to see like, they just see what it takes. And, um, you know, regardless of that too, uh, it's, it's, it does come down to the culture. Like you said, um, even if you were to do it on your own and say, make the same amount of money, is that better yeah. than being in a culture where you have fun, you got your employees that you hang out with. And to me, I'd rather be in the culture. So, um, and that's why I try to structure my companies that way where it's like, yo, we just really enjoy coming to work. And, um, I do also want to empower my employees to, you know, become financially free and, you know, we wholesale deals to our own employees and stuff. Like I would much rather all of them buy our deals than somebody else. Like you make the profit, you keep it as a rental mm -hmm. and then it's, it's a win-win all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. And you're providing other opportunities to your team members. And if the second company I work for, they would allow the same thing because they said to, to us, Hey, if you buy a deal, you can buy it from us. Like we'll re we'll remodel it and then we'll kind of pretty, pretty much sell it to you at wholesale. Um, we'll make a little bit, but not, you know, what we were normally going to make. And then I tried doing that with them and then they said no. And that was kind of a big deal for me because it was one of those things where I'm like, hey, well, then you don't really want me to become wealthy. Then I've gotten you, you know, 50 properties the last year and a half. I'm just asking to buy one of them from you, you know, at a reasonable price. And so, like, I provide opportunities for my team members as well because I do want them to, you know, to they see me, my lifestyle and I don't want them to be envious. I let them do, you know, the traveling too. I've flown my team members out to Hawaii because, like, it is people are looking for something a lot more than just to make money. They want to be part of something bigger. And, in, you know, you're a visionary, Ryan. I feel like I'm a visionary too, right? Where we're creating something even bigger than what they could have imagined a yeah. lot of times too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, um, 
you know, there's a term called intrapreneur, which um, I would consider a guy like Sean Bob is. Mm-hmm. And uh, an intrapreneur is somebody that um, really, like, you know, they're dedicated to the company. They feel like it's their own. Um, they're just really pushing it forward as if it were their own. And um, you see a lot of great intrapreneurs um, in the world, like a, a good example people have used is uh, Steve Ballmer with Microsoft, right? Bill, Ga- Bill Gates was the founder, yeah. but um, Steve Ballmer, also became a billionaire, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he wasn't the founder. And yeah. um, I think if you get with the right entrepreneur, um, you can get even better results, like you said, because if your entrepreneur is Bill Gates and he's thinking really big, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities behind him. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And I'll tell you for us with our guys on wholesale fees, we always just tell them, hey, you know, whatever our offer was or would have been with somebody else, if you want to pay that wholesale fee, you can buy it. You know, there's no, like, I guess, playing favorites as far as like, oh, you know, hook me up. Whatever. Like, it's like, hey, if you want to keep it, keep it. And I do the same thing if I keep it as a rental, you know, like if I say, hey, I'm just going to keep this one. We're not going to flip it. I'll pay them out based on had I bought it, you know, as a wholesale. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's just keeping it fair. But uh it's cool to see how far your business has grown in, in such a short period of time. And, you know, I want to talk about social media and how it's impacted it. And I, I want to talk about uh, your move to Maui and how you're still able to actually grow more than ever. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to find deals yourself? That's where Fundrise comes in. Fundrise is a crowdfunding platform that has transacted over $5 billion in real estate and has over 150,000 active investors. While many funds, like my own, require accredited investors, Fundrise allows anyone to invest with as little as $500. If you'd like to learn more, check out Fundrise.com. Once again, that's Fundrise.com. How often have you driven around and seen houses that were in rough shape? If you're a real estate investor, you know those are the best deals. With Batch Driven, you're now able to capitalize on those homes. You can mark the home, get owner information, and send them a mailer or a text right from the app. And there are other great features like lead management, MLS data, and real-time driving routes. If you want to start today, you can get half off your first month by going to batchdriven.com Ryan. Once again, that's batchdriven.com Ryan for half off your first month. Now, back to the show. All right. So, you know, when we first met, you were just living in SoCal. Where were you living at? Uh, in L.A. Just L.A. Yeah. And you're flipping out there, wholesaling out there, you know, starting your own company. And eventually, you decided to move to Maui. <laughs> Tell me how this all happened. Yeah, so it, it, it didn't happen overnight. Um, you know, I first went on vacation in 2019, um, and then I met Brandon Turner when I was on vacation in Maui. Uh, was he, this at the mastermind? No, we, he. I met him uh, on the island on vacation two weeks before the mastermind. You know what? I now remember you <laughs> telling me that years ago. That was how you got invited to it. Yeah, and he was just I threw it out there. He liked my story. He, you know, he saw I was going on on my own. He's like, "Hey, why don't you come back to the mastermind?" Like it was literally ten days later. And I was like, "Sure." How did, you, how did you even meet up with him? Well, um, he uh, asked him. I asked him where he goes to church. Okay. And then we met him at church. Oh, that's cool, man. And awesome. he, he's like, just say hello. I wasn't expecting much. I went over there, said hello. He's pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Because he's so tall. And then, um, you know, he literally gave me like 30 minutes of his time. We're just sitting there talking about deals. It was when he was kind of starting the um, the mobile home park yeah. um, fund and whatnot. And I mean, that meant the world to me because he was, you know, one of my 
you know, idols and I'm like, oh man, I'm spending time with this guy. And then he invited me to the mastermind. Well, I was like, no brainer, let's do it. And so that came back like, um, you know, 10 days later and I got this where I got to meet you and I was already a fan of yours and uh, AJ Osborne, um, you know, Investor go Brit. I mean, I could go down the list. It was just a bunch of heavy hitters. I like to say that I was the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> um, and I say that with no shame at all because like- That's uh, always it, a good thing. Yeah, that's the rooms you want to be in. Yeah. Where there's people that are a lot smarter than you. I felt like I was um, the dumbest guy in the room in Puerto Rico a few months ago. So I'm okay. with you. So um, yeah, so after uh, going to that mastermind, a big part of that mastermind was like clarity, right? Like, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your business to look like? And um, I went and I just executed. I went there and you know, I executed what I was looking to accomplish. And then I think Brandon had, you know, he saw that. And, you know, we've, we stayed in touch through social media. And then um, I think they were looking to like maybe do more flipping over in Maui. And so he throws me, you know, this opportunity of maybe, you know, going over there, wholesaling and doing some flipping over with them. And so I, have, I was just selling, it was in the middle of the pandemic. I was just selling my primary residence to get a little bit more liquid. And then um, I didn't really have anything holding me back. I don't have any kids, you know, single. And I'm just like, okay, well, this seems like very low risk here. A lot of upside potential. And I love decisions like that where there's just an infinite or just a large amount of upside potential, but there's very low risk. And that's what I felt like, hey, worst case scenario, I could always move back to L.A. Um, and so that's what I did. I, I ended up moving um, in November of last year, which is 2020. And I've been there now seven months. And the first couple of months, I didn't really pursue deals on uh, Maui because with Brandon's advice, he's like, hey, just make sure that you you know, you know have a solid foundation in L.A. first because you haven't been remote flipping. So get that done before you start trying to, you know, start new markets. And, you know, and this mm -hmm. is a different market. And so I did that. I spent the first three, four months just getting my processes in place, training my team, doing everything I needed to do to actually remote flip. And then um, that's kind of where it was, where that's happened since then, where I've pretty much grown the team over there and in LA while I've just kind of been flying back and forth and just, you know, living, you know, kind of <laughs> living that Hawaiian life, that Hawaiian life. Yeah. First you were just <laughs> that, that Cali chill life. And now you're the, the Hawaiian chill life. Yeah, man. We got to get you a house over there, right? Dude, you know, I'm telling <laughs> you, find me a wholesale. I will buy it. Um, so, you know, you go out there and you're just chilling, you're, you're figuring things out, remote flipping. Um, what were some challenges? Well, the first ones were like just trusting that they were going to, that they weren't missing things that I would see because I had seen so many deals. Um, but I did a lot of work in training uh, my team and that also in LA when I was in LA, cause I would go back like every four to six weeks. And then it, it, we got a couple of deals where they didn't miss anything. I was like, oh, but it took me like three, four months yeah. of like training them and like letting them take the shots when I'm like, ah, oh, I think I could get this deal. But, like, in the pursuit of, like, building this business, I was like, no. like they You got to take a step back. They got to take the shots. They got to miss them. And that was hard. But, um, you know, it ended up working in the end. But it, it really was a challenge for you. Because a lot of times with entrepreneurs, right, we want to have control of everything. We're like, nobody can do it better than us. Um, but, you know, you've taught me this. I've learned from a lot of other people. Like, if you have eight players, like, they can make it happen. Yeah. But you need to make sure that you have eight players. Because otherwise, they're, they're going to they're gonna mess it up and they're not going to execute. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I've... I teach this a lot to, to everyone at future flipper is if you, you know, are wanting to do everything yourself, you just can never scale, right? You're just, you know, you're, you're limited by your time and you have to be willing to accept that, Hey, you know, 80% of what I can do spread out across a lot more things is better than a hundred percent of me and one or two things. Yep. And <laughs> what's funny about that is like, okay, yeah, maybe I am a better uh, sales guy than somebody else and I could close more deals, right? But look what I've been able to do because 
I don't do sales anymore in my flipping business. Now I can create content, start other businesses, I can coach. And that makes me far more than just maybe the couple of deals we miss. And it's funny because there's a ton of things I suck at that I was doing before. You know, whether it's project management, whether it was bookkeeping, these things where I'm like originally being the guy doing it. And then I realize when I get a real professional to do it, that it's like, oh man, like I was terrible. Like I was costing the company a lot of money by not hiring. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Um, I've also seen the same thing where now I get to focus on like the things that I do best and and just get better at those things. And and then I could think of new ideas and then I could work on the big relationships. I could work on, you know, getting capital for the deals that were, you know, now we're doing a lot more deals and um, it doesn't get easier. You just get better at it as, as they say. Right. And um, I've noticed that too with, with me where it was first, I was the deal getter. And then it was like, okay, now I'm the new business owner. And now it's like, okay, I got a business, but then now I got to, you know, make sure this business is well-funded. And so like your role does change, um, but you need to constantly be, you know, evolving in that role because if you're just staying the same, then you're not growing. And then, you know, businesses are about growth. Yeah, yeah right. no, for sure. And I'll tell you, it, even for me, as I've seen my role change in a very short amount of time where it was like, okay, 2015, I'm starting, I'm literally everybody, right? I'm the acquisitions, the realtor, the project manager, the everything. And then eventually I start hiring people and then it's like, all right, you know, I'm only just doing deals. We're letting, the project manager do his thing. We're letting the realtor list it. Like all I do is focus on getting deals. And then it became, Hey, now I'm the business owner. Like I'm just managing everyone below me, like COO type deal. Like, all right, you know, is he getting deals? Is he managing projects? Like really just meeting with people every week. And then I finally realized, like, I thought I was a CEO at that time, but I was really just still a COO cause I was handling everything. But then, you know, I, I transitioned into like a true CEO where I'm not the one like managing these guys on a day-to-day basis. I'm just, you know, looking at everything from the big picture, you know, and every quarter I'm, I'm getting our reports and figuring out, Hey, what's the strategy this coming quarter or, you know, this month and just looking at the big picture. Um, and it's allowed me to really focus on other things where I can look at the big picture for multiple companies and then I can spend my day-to-day filming, you know, making content because I know, creating content, um, is really good for our businesses, brings a lot of eyeballs. So yeah, you know, it's an interesting evolution. And, uh, I would, I guess I would ask you, where do you think you're currently at? That's a great question. Um, I think right now I'm still, it depends because like in Southern California, my operation is more dialed in. I have, you know, a better team, um, or just overall, just, uh, they've been with me longer. Um, and they're more seasoned where in Hawaii and Maui, you know, this is a little bit smaller. So that's why I'm, I'm heading back next week. And, um, we're, we've closed on our first deal there. So I'd, I'm, I'm kind of in that, I guess when it comes to the Hawaii, the Hawaii market, then I'm still act, you're pretty doing active. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing still a lot of everything, but when uh, in LA, um, I'm pretty much just overseeing, uh, the operation, um, more just, I'm the money person, you know, that's have to, there's not many people that can handle that in my organization. So, um, that I do a lot of the training and, um, you know, just, just making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. So you're still, you're kind of doing like the COO stuff, like managing people and overseeing it. Um, that's cool. So I guess my question for you is like, what has been, you, you mentioned with biggest challenges, like B players, like elaborate on that. Yeah. So when I first started, um, like my own company, like two years ago, um, I, I was just new. So I was just wanting people to work with me. And, um, 
I didn't pay as much attention to the caliber people that I was working with. It was just like, hey, these people look like they're hungry. Like, let's give them a shot. And then what I found was that um, they ended up being like, you know, C and B players. And so they didn't execute well or they didn't get things done the way like an A player would. And then my business slowed down or suffered or we weren't getting the results I wanted. And, um, you know, I just I was very frustrated and I spent a lot of money on marketing that wasn't working. Um, and I was just burning through cash, um, trying to get consistent deals and it just was not happening. And so, um, once the pandemic hit, um, ended up, you know, just kind of getting rid of some people, you know, and transitioning some people out. And I think that was when we first, uh, you joined the program. Yeah. Yeah. That was around the, it was like June of last year. So about a year. Yeah. And so um, you could probably, they could blame me for getting (laughs) fired. Yeah. Partly. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then I just started to just pay much closer attention. Like I'm, I'd rather get one A player that's worth like five people than like three, four people that are just kind of average um, because it just, it spreads, you know, yeah. mediocrity is, is it's contagious as they say. And so, yeah, I, I think that that's what happened where I just decided to not um, waste time and energy because what ends up happening is you like invest months into these people and then they don't get the results. And then you didn't get the job done because even though you could have, and then they didn't get the job done and then you're, you're, it just compounds. Yeah. So that's where I'm at now where I just won't settle anymore. And they either have to be A players or really like Brian DeVilla says, no, like A plus players. Yeah, for <laughs> real. You know, Brian, let me tell you, that's the definition of an A plus player for sure. Um, yeah. For those you don't know, Brian DeVilla is uh, the COO at Future Flipper. He's got his own real estate investing business as well. Crushes it on both. But, you know. Shout out mo- to Brian. He's, yeah, he's sh- the man. Shout out him. to DeVilla. Yeah. So. You know, the moment I hired him to be, because he started out like Alex, he was an accountability coach at Future Flipper. And then um, eventually I was like, all right, man, like we need a bigger role for you. Like you're just too good to, to only do this. And he wanted to, he was like super hungry to coach more people and do stuff. And uh, eventually he started out just coaching our rookie program and then he became COO. But I can tell you, there has a, been a drastic change in the growth of Future Flipper since he took over because he's just so such an A player. And so I, I would challenge anybody who's uh, running a business or thinking about starting it, really just think about how you can attract top-tier talent because that will make more of an impact than a bigger marketing budget or whatever. And I think that was the first conversation we had a year ago when you joined was, you know, you were telling me about your business and where you were, and I was like, dude... I don't even think you should spend anything on marketing based on what you're telling me. Cause I'm like, where, where's the deals coming from? You're like, Oh, you know, this guy, wholesaler, MLS, whatever. I'm like, how much is marketing actually even doing for you at this mm-hmm. point? And it was so minimal. I was like, man, you shouldn't even do that at all. Just focus on the things you're doing good. And yeah, because at the time I was uh, focusing on, Oh, I got to get good at off market. I got to get good at this. That's what everybody's talking about. I've already got deals from MLS. I've already got deals through networking. Um, so I kind of got that covered, but the reality was like, those were strengths. And then like, that's what you helped me see, like just focus on what you're already doing. That's working. And then you can add those things down the road, you know, but dial those things in first and make sure they're like all, all, you know, they're, they're just humming. Otherwise, then you're just like throwing money away. And it was, that's what I was doing. I was literally throwing like six, $7,000 a month away in marketing and it wasn't working. Yeah. It wasn't consistent. It wasn't consistent. Yeah. And it was taking time away from doing things you were good at. Yep. Yep. So let that be a lesson to everyone listening is like, <laughs> don't always try and improve your current weaknesses. Like really double down on your strengths. I, I, I say this all the time in sports, right? 
LeBron just only focuses on basketball. He ain't worried about playing football or baseball or anything, right? He just doubles down on what he's good at. Um, but even in sports in general, like, okay, let, let's talk about baseball. Uh, if somebody is just a home run hitter who's a beast, you think he's, like, really worried about, you know, all, like, his base running and how fast he yep. is? He's like, no. He's like, dude, how do I hit more bombs? Because that's what is going to make an impact. Yep. So focus on strengths. Like, that will take you much further than trying to be good at everything. And I, I for me, I guess, as as I've gone along in my career, I've I've realized my strengths and weaknesses like and they've they've become very obvious as time has gone on and I I have no desire to improve my weaknesses. <laughs> in <laughs> fact, I'm just like, "Hey, that is who I am and I don't really care. It, yeah. I'm just going to not do that. <laughs> I'll let somebody else do that. I'll pay them. I just only want to do the things I'm good at." Yep, yep. And that's where most people fail, I think, is they uh they spend so much time doing things they suck at and uh, potentially will never be good at. Or maybe they do become good at it, but they still hate it. Yeah. So they're exactly. miserable. I agree. So, so, you know, one thing that uh, we touched on for a little bit, but I want to dive into is social media. And, you know, this show, we, we love talking about social media. And it's, it's super important, obviously. But how have you seen it impact your business? Oh, it's been huge um, from team members, from private money lenders, from um, actual deals themselves. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 been great for my business. I, I At the beginning, I wasn't really that serious about it. I was just kind of documenting the journey, you know, was filming. I'm looking at properties and whatnot. Um, but then when I got my first deal from it about two years ago is when I realized, like, wow, this is powerful. I didn't spend any money on marketing. This was free. Um, I got a quality you know, wholesaler out of it. Uh, wholesaler that sent me a couple of deals. We ended up, you know, working on a couple of deals together, um, kind of like in a JV fashion. But um, and then uh, then they made X amount of dollars. I'm like, well, wait a minute, like I'm spending money on this marketing. I'm doing this. I'm hustling over here. But if I just make enough content and you know quality content for like my the type of person that would get value from it, like that's scalable. It's I, I can do it all the time. It's and and then there's just like same thing what I was saying earlier. Like there's just really very little do- downside aside from you becoming a, becoming a consumer and you're on social media all day. Like I don't consume very much social media. I, I produce a lot. You know, compared and 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 that thing that's a big difference of um, being a producer and a consumer of social media. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So a lot of the stuff you're doing is mainly on Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't stepped up my TikTok game, and dude, we gotta, I, we gotta I know, get you on TikTok. We gotta, we gotta dude. get me on TikTok. <laughs> you, so you're you're uh, mainly doing Instagram, and uh, I see you all the time, like doing lives and stuff, and you know it's attracting a lot of people. Um, and then you're starting to do like these webinars. Like, tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, so um, I f- just feeling a need. I I didn't see anything in Southern California like real estate investor regular meetup. And um, having done X amount of deals and having, you know, a little team, a team going and business going, I was like, hey, I think this is something we should do because I don't see anyone else doing it. And then um, I really felt, Ryan, that, like, I worked really hard to get this information, you know, this knowledge, this experience. And then, then now that I have it, it's like I want to give it away. Yeah. And then because I think the right persons, the right people are going to take the message and run with it. Yep. And, I, and so my vision has been always, like, I want to help create, like, 
hundreds of deal makers. That's why I say that's my thing, yeah, deal makers. Yeah. Because you know, through deal making, I've transformed my life, and I've seen other people do it. So I just uh, like to share that information because I'm not in a scarcity mindset of like, oh, if I share this little secret and this little thing, that the people are gonna run with my business. Like at the end of the day, they gotta walk through all those doors. They gotta put in all you know the, the work. They gotta do the heavy lifting. I'm just giving them, you know, I'm a bit of a guide. You know, I look at myself as that. I'm guiding them to like not make the same mistakes I've made and to like just you know have some shortcuts because when you're starting out in this business you have a lot of blind spots mm-hmm. you know and um so i think that's why i've been doing the webinar just because um i'm creating a little bit of a i guess a tribe right like we have a private facebook group and the conversation continues past the webinar we're all talking we're all pushing each other up and just like with the facebook groups that, that we have with the you know with the all-star program and, and the rookie program um just creating communities of people that want to help each other just grow in and to you know help each other accomplish their goals that's really what the webinar is and, and it's it developed as something I didn't even expect. We're getting deals from it. We're getting private money lenders from it. Uh, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was just like, hey, let's have this meetup that nobody else is doing to help share these secrets and then help other people to become deal makers. I love that, dude. I love uh, the deal. You know, we create all these uh, T-shirts. We need to make a deal maker T-shirt, dude. Let's go. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to uh, collab on it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you, dude. The, the, the tribe, the community, that is the biggest thing I think that – you know, stops people from succeeding is like, they're doing it on their own. You know, they're, they're trying to figure it out on their own. They have no help. Honestly, that, that was me when I first started, it took me five years and I still just out of sheer will, you know, made it happen alone. But had I not been alone, had I been a part of a community, it would have been so much quicker and easier. And, um, (laughs) when you think about society, right? Like, uh, God never intended us for us to be alone, right? Like it's always to be in community and relationship. And so if you can be around other like-minded people who have similar goals to you, similar values, you got to be there. Like you're just foolish for thinking you can do this on your own. And yeah, I I love what you're building. I think it's great. Um, And I've just seen the impact you've had on, you know, just like, like you said, like a smaller amount of people, like you can impact a lot of people, even if like you don't have like a j- big ginormous following yet, like the ability to impact people, don't ever like let it think it's based on your follower size. Yep. So I guess for you, man, like what's the next phase of your life look like? That's a great question, man, because I love living in Hawaii, um, but I also do love traveling. So I think the, the next phase right now is just to get the consistency over in Hawaii, just like I've been doing in, in, in California. And then um, just I have a certain amount of, you know, a certain goal of how much money I want to make. And then I want to start working a lot more in, in passive investments this year. You know, more uh, multifamily stuff that, you know, we're making this money. Right. And then so we want to park that into stuff that's going to be more wealth building down the road. And so um, I was working for other people for two and a half years and now I've been on my own for two years. So now it's kind of that 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 phase of like, hey, I got to start working on my rental portfolio. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you, man. That's always the phase, right? Like first, you know start figuring out how to make a lot of money. Right. And then you do it and it's like, Oh crap, I got taxes. Like, what do I do now? Then you buy rentals and you start building passive income, getting all the tax benefits. And I definitely see that that's for sure the next path for you. Um, as a mentor to you though, you know, live on air, I would challenge you to say, why are you thinking about trying to master Hawaii? Why not double down on Cali? That's a great question. Um, 
I think just because I'm I'm in love with the big spreads over there. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, but Cali yeah, has big spreads too. It does, but I mean Hawaii it's it's just a whole different animal. Um so I think that's what it comes down to. But I think there's there is some something there because things have really started to pick up in in, in uh, Southern California and I, we got like eight projects and I'm like, wow, like I can't come back now every two months. Like I'm, I'm finding myself back in, you know, Southern California a little bit more. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You think I should double down on Cali then? Is that what you're saying? You know, I do. And uh, here's why. If you, By the way, guys, if you're still listening to this point, um, go make sure you're subscribed, hit the like button because um, I'm about to drop some knowledge for everybody here who's listening. So the reason that I would double down in Cali is you've already got a team built out there, right? They're, they're living in Cali. Um, you got project manager, you got acquisitions guys, you already got data relationships, all that stuff in Cali. Um, I think it's easier to two X your business in Cali or even three, four exit than it is to say, um, I get, let me rephrase that. I think it's in the same amount of time, let's just say you have your limited amount of time. I think if you only focused on Cali, you could three, four exit. If you focused on Cali and Hawaii, you know, maybe Hawaii, you get a few deals. Cali, maybe instead of four exit, it, you only two exit. And I think when you look at the big picture, you would make more just doubling down on Cali. On top of that, I believe it's going to be far more difficult to master Hawaii because you're going to have to do volume to create the systems you have in Cali. So, you know, in Cali, you got a project manager, you got these acquisitions guys. In Maui, um, you can't afford it yet because you only have one project. It's not like you can go hire a brand new project manager, or full-time acquisition no. guy. You're going to have to start doing some serious volume in Hawaii to really make it worthwhile. Whereas it's already there in Cali, you know, you could easily just not, I don't want to say anything's easy, but um, I think you could really kill Cali. If you the foundation is already set there, you know, the, the foundation is the yeah. hardest part, yeah. you know, building relationships is the hardest part. And once you get that, then it's like, let's dump. And, and the reason I think about this is because I've thought about it in my own business many times. Um, you know, in Vegas, we're doing over a hundred deals a year. We've done that for the last three, four years. And with other markets, right? I've had the temptation like, okay, you know, let's go to other markets because we can all, you know, we, we've tapped out Vegas. We're, we're doing the max we could do, which number one I've learned is not true. <laughs> we can always do more. You can always dive deeper. I, I would rather dive deeper than wider. Okay. Um, but the reason I know this is because I'm in Cali, Arizona, and New Mexico, and we do deals in all three. You know, I've got my big bear thing. I'll do an occasional flip in Cali. You know, in Arizona, we've got Tucson where we've done a few deals. You know, New Mexico, we've done a few deals. But literally, you combine all of those things compared to Vegas, they make up like less than 5% of how much we make. Right. And so when you really, I've even told Sean Bob this at this point, because he'd be like, dude, who's, who's going to do the construction in this New Mexico deal? And I'm like, why are we even thinking about this? Like this is taking away energy to getting more deals in Vegas where we have everything built out. Yeah, you just yeah. get a deal. It just, it's like freaking McDonald's. Just, it goes through the process. Yep, boom, yep, it's done. Yep. Whereas New Mexico, we're like, dang it. All right, let's go find a guy. Let's get, who's going to watch this project. Cause it's a one-off deal. So I think doing one-off deals is never really wise 
um, especially remote, makes it even more difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that that's my two cents, man. All right. Well, I'll take that into account. You know. Um, hey, but I but, don't disagree. But make sure you still find my deal. I want to buy. Like, <laughs> All right. You know, buy, find my Maui deal, and then you can like you know. <laughs> Double down on Cali. All right, all right. I love it. Uh, but no, I, it's just, dude, I've learned it over time. And I've even told Sean, Bob, and those guys, I'm like, hey, um, any deals you get in Tucson and New Mexico and stuff, just either wholesale it or we're not doing anything. Like, let's just partner up with somebody who's going to do it all. Yeah, I think the appeal to me is because when I'm physically there in Hawaii, like I miss the deal making part of, of the business. <laughs> You're a junkie. Yeah, I'm a deal junkie. So, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm physically here. So I, I got to do deals here. So it, it's been some of that. Uh, but I also have some, some you know, some quality team members. And you met Alex Ibarra. You know, he's, yeah. he's over there. Um, so I got some great, some great people there. But uh, I don't disagree with you. I, I mean, I have the system. I have the foundation set up in Los Angeles so or in Southern California. So it would be easier to um, well, double down on that than to like just, you know, d- d- duplicate the same thing. But again, I'm not trying to duplicate the same thing in Hawaii because it's a different market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and too, you know, one Hawaii deal takes so much more attention than a Cali deal, right? Your yeah. rehabs, the price point, everything is. Yeah, but in, in, in LA, like, I mean, it might be 30, 40,000 a deal, you know, when in Hawaii it might be 200,000, it might be yeah. you know, 150,000. So, yeah. you know, they're just. Well, uh, <laughs> and I'm with you. Uh, but, okay, to, to your point, right, though, in Vegas, we are now buying luxury homes for that reason, right? right. Luxury homes are getting, you know, six-figure spreads, whereas I'm used to, like you said, 20, 30, 40 grand, you know, on flips. But then uh, we've got some of our students, the Boakley brothers who we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing multiple six figure spreads right here in Vegas. Yep. And so it once again just shows, you know what? Do I have to go to Hawaii to get those spreads? Or right. can I just do them where I'm currently at? And for sure, we know in Cali. Yeah, no, for sure. We, there's, there's, <laughs> if you just go after a spreads. different house, yeah. you can make. You can make millions. And that actually opened up my eyes when in the mastermind when the Berkeley Brothers were talking about that. You know, like they're doing yeah. six-figure deals from the MLS, and I've done so many deals from the MLS, but I haven't targeted the, the luxury prices. Yeah, so so think you know, about. Some, I think I could do that. Yeah, yeah think yeah. about if you just targeted luxury. You know where you're at. Yeah. In LA, like you, how much you more? Hear that, Will? <laughs> Will, you listening, dude? Well, this is probably going to be released like you know weeks from the road, so you're going to have to tell Will. But hopefully by the time Will listens to this, you guys have already locked it up. You're like, yeah, right. you know, we, we don't do that no more. We don't, we're not doing <laughs> Hawaii. We're just focused on uh, LA. All right. <laughs> but uh, I would say if you, if you wholesale in Maui, it's a little different. I mean, wholesaling is easy no matter where you're at. I don't want to say, once again, easy. I don't want to say easy, but uh, you're not having to go rehab something that's going to cost you two, 300 grand to rehab. Yeah. yeah. That That's the time killer. Yeah. It's these big constructions. Um, but yeah, dude, anyways, uh, I just want you to know I'm super proud of you and everything you're doing. Um, and I think the deal makers that you're creating are going to, you know, do some crazy things. I know many who have done their first deal. Um, I've, I've seen the testimonies and the shout outs and, and all that stuff. And like I said, just even in the Future Flipper program, I've had multiple people reach out and just tell me how amazing you are as a coach. So, um, dude, just props to you for everything. Thank you, Ryan. I mean, I appreciate everything that you also helped me with my business and all the guidance and all, you know, all the phone calls and all the Zooms and everything. I mean, I love being part of the community because I see the impact that everybody, you know, I see the changes in people's lives. And, um, you know, once you attain a certain amount of like 
financial success, it's kind of empty if you're not helping other people. And oh, I yeah. see that I see that a lot with you and everybody around you and everybody that it's not we're not here to just make money. We're here to like improve lives and and um, yeah, I feel like I can do that a lot more within you know your program and and then you know these people that um, that we're around and we're influencing and, and we're influencing them for the good for them to to make some positive changes and then they're gonna and it's the ripple effect and then everybody gets you know it, it just generational change yeah, and those and people that all, are around all the conversations like I have a lot of friends in the program now they're like you know like you said before like it's independent of you like yeah I'm hanging out with them when I come to Vegas when the mastermind they're coming over and we're hanging out and it has nothing to do with Ryan well it yeah. does but you know no it does, like, and yeah, yeah that's and, what I said at the mastermind that was what I was most proud of is like you know, we had like a hundred people at the mastermind and I'm looking around the room and I'm like, dude, you guys are like all friends with each other. Mm -hmm. You got your best buddies and you guys are calling and texting each other. And when you're here, you're hanging out and like, yep. it has nothing to do with me. Like I ain't hanging out with you guys when you're doing it. Like you guys are just best buddies already. Yep. yep. So I love seeing that man. Yeah. And then we're checking in every three months with the mastermind. So it's like, okay, what, what you've been working on? So it's a combination of the friendship, but also like accountability, like, Hey, like, you know, are you stepping it up or, you know, what, what are you up to? Because we all know we have uh, this, you know, this uh, potential. That's what we're trying to do, right? Maximize our potential. And it's better to do that with, you know, with people that are doing the same thing that you want to do or in a, you know, a different level. So yeah, yeah man, I mean, I'm they're going to, they're going to always push you to, to be better. Right. Yeah. You see, yeah. uh, you know, one of these other guys crushing and you're like, hey, man, yep. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to crush it. Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, I want to beat that guy or whatever. It's like, all right, I'm going to step it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, cool, man. Um, for everyone listening or watching on YouTube, uh, definitely go give Alex a follow. He's the man. He's the head deal maker. Where, where, where can they find you? Um, the easiest platform to find me right now is uh, Instagram. It's Alex Camacho TV. Alex Camacho TV. We'll link to it down below. And uh, make sure you guys catch his free webinars as well. He spits a lot of game, so um, I'm sure you can find that on his Instagram. So anyways, dude, it's been a pleasure having you. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe, five-star review. We'll catch you on the next one. Let's Peace. Go. Thanks for watching the Ryan Pineda Show. If you want to work with me, head over to ryanpineda.com. You can find my courses, coaching programs, and upcoming events. We also have free resources you can download, so head over to ryanpineda.com.